Okay, folks, welcome to the podcast. We're in Austin, Texas, at the Yeti headquarters. Oh, that's, that's what you call it, right, Evan? Yeah, Yeti HQ. HQ. Yeah. How old is this structure? So this building is um, about, what, a, a year and two months old? Um, we moved in here in July of 2017, so... This is pretty fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Quite an upgrade from our old building. They're also doing some construction. Yeah, and the up, I don't upgrades are going on yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. I have no <laughs> idea what they're doing next door. Um, but that's got to stop soon. <laughs> and if it doesn't, we'll do the shuffle down the hallway. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so I, for peeking in from outside, um, I saw a workout. Yeah, we have a full gym Room. here. Yeah, full gym, completely free. I think it's uh, open after hours, too, until like 9 o'clock. And it's open before the building opens in the morning. Um, yeah, we have full gym, full cafeteria, uh, patio with big green eggs. If you want to come swing by and, you know, bring a burger to grill or something during lunch and sit outside. And, um, yeah, it's just, just a lot lot better than our old office. It's pretty a pretty know. killer view from the patio. Yeah, actually, yeah, we're on Lantana Ridge, so we're at one of the highest points in Austin. So you can see, you know, when it's clear, you can see for miles and miles. So. Yeah. So Evan Russell is here, and thank you, Evan, for, for having me um, yeah, come course. over and visit with you. So what, what's, your, what's your title for Yeti and uh, tell us, tell us what you do for the company. Yeah. So, um, I'm the fishing marketing manager here. Um, and so basically what I do is, is, um, you know, manage all of our fishing relationships. So anything from conservation partnerships to, uh, TV show hosts, ambassadors, um, any fishing events, so tournaments and, um, and all that. Um, and then, uh, trying to think i mean that you know th those are some bullet points but it goes far beyond that but sure you know something that the community i was the last one hired on the on the community team um so we have uh six uh six different community managers right now so we have fishing hunting ranch and rodeo beer and barbecue um music and outdoor um and outdoor basically uh encompasses everything um like surfing whitewater rafting um mountain climbing um you know anything that doesn't really fall in under any of the other categories of those six which one is the biggest um or, or has the man i would say um so fishing and hunting are our core markets mm -hmm. so i'd say either of those two probably hunting a little bit more so than fishing fishing we're so um, heavily regionalized to the Southeast for so long. And, and as our business grows and, you know, we're branching out into new markets and we're spending a lot more time in the Midwest with the bass guys and trying to hit the Northeast, um, you know, for stripers and, and bluefin tuna and albies and all that, and talk to those guys. And then out West, um, you know, diff completely different fishery with the yellow, you know, yellowtail and, and calico bass and all that. So it's, um, yeah, so we're, we're expanding, I would say, um, you know, fish and hunt, hunt being the biggest. And then, you know, some of our, most of our other communities are brand new, um, to Yeti within the last couple of years. So, yeah, you know, namely the, the outdoor and ranch rodeo and beer and barbecue scene. Um, you know, when we saw a need for that, um, you know, that people are using these beyond hunting and fishing. And, and so, you know, we have to hire people that are from those backgrounds to talk to those people. 
Sure. So they can relate to them. Yeah, certainly. certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So. so you're out, you're out on the road quite a bit. How much time will you, if you had to percentage wise, uh, divvy it up, how much time do you spend here? Man, I would say, um, I would say two thirds of my time is here. Maybe a little bit less than that. It depends. It's so seasonal, right? Mm-hmm. Like the winters winter, I'm here pretty much all the time. Um, and then, you know, spring starts heating up and then you get into Marlin tournament season in the, you know, in the, in the summer, early summer, mid summer. Um, and then now, uh, things should be winding down, but they're not, you know, we're, we're talking, like I said, we're talking to those different crowds. So we're doing a big event up in the, the Northeast next week, or actually at the end of this week, Striper Fest. Um, and then there's, you know, then there's industry summits down, you know, and, uh, the American sport fishing summit is, uh, this, you know, in two weeks in Charleston. Um, and so then, then you start getting into industry stuff. Then there's Fort Lauderdale boat show. And so it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just, just, you know, never, never ends, but you just, I, I think at some point you get, you know, my first year here, I went to everything I, I could. Um, I was on the road a ton, uh, trying to just get my hands on it and see, what we're doing well in these areas or events and what we need to improve on what, you know, what can be different, what can be better. And, uh, and so once, you know, once you do that, and then there's a few key events that I make sure I go to every year, but, um, you know, a lot of it can be managed from the office now. Yeah. So, you know, and then, and, and something that's interesting about Yeti too, is that at our events, um, I would say, so all of our fishing events, we don't sell when we're there. Um, so it doesn't, you know, the presence of just having a booth, like we went around and, and did a lot of the um, offshore tournaments uh, two years ago and just talking to people about new product and, you know, features and, you know, helping them with questions and warranty issues and all that. And um, and that's always good, but it, it's hard to justify showing up at, and, and we still sponsor all these tournaments. We just don't necessarily have a, a, a presence. I'll go to them and walk around and, you know, talk to industry folks and, yeah. you know, and, and anglers and whoever else and make sure we show the love, but having a big display and it's hard to justify it when we can't sell. Um, I guess we could, but it's a model that we choose not to, cause we don't want to undercut the dealer and all that. Right. Um, so it's hard to justify spending all this money to bring all these people here in a booth and all that when we're not making it up on the back end. Right. So. Right. When y'all go to the to these shows or or these events, these tournaments, do you get feedback there from from your your customers, or does also get feedback from your ambassadors? I'm, I'm just wondering how when you, when you when you release a product and and you get feedback from it and input on what's working, what's not working, how does that f- flow back into uh, the company and developing something new? Yeah, something totally. Different? So um, a lot of what we try and do is. Um, is thinking on the front end of it. So if we have a product that is say a year out, we'll try and send samples and we've gotten a lot better about this, but we, we try and send samples to our ambassadors and, um, get feedback on it so we can actually change, um, change issues or features or whatever, uh, before it's fully baked. Um, in the past, you know, it's been something that we had, um, you know, we had a product that was almost done and we, send it out. And if there were changes, we, we were too far along in the process, but the, the product team has been fantastic about looping us in now. And, and like I said, the community teams are relatively new here. I think 
the oldest community team members three year, three years you know three year tenure here so now we've gotten in a cadence where this this happens you know products product concept product you know um trying to think prototype send it out get feedback um and granted not each product fits into each community right, right. so like you know, there's certain things that I wouldn't send necessarily send to my fish guys. Cause it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't make sense in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try and, and that's the great thing about having the six communities is it fits somewhere and we can get feedback from authentic people, um, that, that use these products and, and are no BS on it, you know, and, and won't, you know, we're like, don't hold back. Tell us if this product sucks, we want to know about it. Sure. So. Sure. And so, um, how many how many ambassadors in, in the fishing community are you responsible for? And so officially right now, um, that are on our website, that we have like thirteen, um, so conventional and ha- and partly fly. So we have a another division too. That's our our western fly. Um, so Jake Drees runs our western fly uh, fly fishing um, okay. arena. So he deals with um, a lot of the trout guides and steelhead guides. So he has Hillary Hutchison and April Vokey and, and those, so those don't tech, those are technically fishing ambassador. I would say we probably have 25 or 30 wow. um, official and um, he handles those and I handle the saltwater and conven- saltwater fly and conventional side of things. So bass and, you know, offshore and shore. Yeah. Um, and then we have not, you know, not on contract ambassadors that are, uh, I mean, spanning into the hundreds, I'm sure yeah. you know, that, that we talk to every day and not, you know, not every day, but just that are on our radar that we communicate sure. with and, you know, hook up with product and whatever. So, and so specifically to Texas, um, can you highlight a couple? Yeah. Um, trying to think we, we don't have a ton in Texas surprisingly, um, because of kind of Roy and Ryan are from here, obviously yeah. our Texas based company. And I think it just got hit so hard in the Southeast when we were, you know, starting out with, with Jose and flip palette and Rob Fordyce and all the, you know, keys guys. Cause you know, while Ryan and Roy, um, fished, you know, Texas a lot, mo- a lot of their time was spent in Florida too, chasing tarpon and, yeah. you know, doing that deal. Um, so one of our guys here, Scott Summerlot. Um, really good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he guides half the year here, half the year in, uh, in Florida. Um, and then, uh, Kevin Townsend who had KT diaries, he lives on the Texas coast here. Um, one of our guys, tar- tarpon guy and, you know, it's kind of figured out the area here, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Cause I've heard the tarpon bites. Awesome. I haven't had a chance to get down and check it out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, those are two that I would highlight that I, that I talk to fairly regularly. So. Speaking of tarpon, um, fella, uh, a shout out to one of the Quebec boys, Michael Quebec. He caught a and released a pending state record. Oh, tarpon. really? Nice. Yeah. Last last week. Oh, um, awesome! Well, how big was it? Uh, I don't know the measurements. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Did you see the one David Mangum got this year in Apalachicola, in Florida? Oh, it was like two. It was two fifteen, two twenty on fly oh, wow so i'll show you pictures oh, when yeah, get off see that. yeah yeah some of our other guys too some some of them that jake works with we have like um jt van zant and uh yeah and uh, alvin dudo so yeah, yeah they're yeah. great dudes and those winston are... kind of and all those so those are some guys that they'll uh jt guides on the coast but alvin and and winston guide here on the colorado so um now, the, alvin goes everywhere right? yeah he like, goes everywhere yeah he 
he fishes. I've never met him. Places. He just yeah, seems like great a cool, dude. cool guy. Great guy. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, and those guys, and it's cool because there's such a great fishery here in Austin too. Um, you know, with the Guadalupe bass and mm-hmm. and all that, so it's cool. And if you find the right people, and you can go float. And luckily here at Yeti too, it's pretty neat that we have a gear garage. So there's kayaks and paddle boards and and fly rods and cooler and stuff and you and you go on we have a system online and you can go rent it out so it kind of encourages really? people to go yeah wow go hit up the you know hit up the natural resources here which is sweet cool. so, yeah. sweet so you've got a uh, trip coming up to the to the northeast uh striper fest mm-hmm. and we talked about it a little bit offline before we started and you and you brought up the you know, it's kind of you're breaking into um, different areas along the coast. It's it, I don't know if it's a challenge, but mm-hmm. it seems like it, it it could be because you have different different cultures, right? You know, Absolutely. no matter where you go, even on the Gulf Coast, mm-hmm. it's, you know, no Texas doubt. is different from Florida. Florida is different from North Carolina, and North Carolina is you know different from New York. Although mm-hmm. you know they're not that far apart, at least uh, those last two states. Oh, for sure. So how do you manage that, like breaking into a new area when you're going, uh, you're traveling up to the northeast to do Striper Fest or going out, out west uh, to do something else? How do you get in? What's the, what are the, some of the challenges you face? Yeah, a lot of it. Um, man, I, I tell you what, it's been – I've been in, in, in this industry mm, probably eight, eight, nine years trying to think ever since I graduated, I started out a boat company and worked for uh Bonnier publishing. So, um, it's a, a lot of it is just contacts, right? And if you can kind of utilize the six degrees of separation rule, mm-hmm. um, I think that's, uh, hugely important in, in the sense that if I can make a, if I don't know how to get in somewhere, I can make a phone call or two phone calls and get to where I need to be, um, or just find out the players in that game. Um, and, and that's been, that's been, great to be able to do that and the sport fishing community is tight and uh and you you know you know you know the people in it the players in it and like i said and and a lot of other brands are willing to help out as well um so it is you know non-competing brands so we do a lot of stuff with costa and sims and and loomis and nautilus reels and shimano and stuff like that and just like if they have somebody on their radar or an event or something you know and there's not a cooler sponsor or vice versa um, you know, there's not a real sponsor or something. We always try and keep in touch and, sure. um, you know, make sure that all of us are well represented. I think there's a, a handful of us that like to, like to do events together and travel around and, and we're not competing with each other at all right. product wise. So it right. makes sense and might as well split the costs on doing that and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, get that same crowd cause we're all looking for that same fisherman. So, so I wonder, in in product development, mm-hmm. like Yeti's always coming out with something, right? Branching out, right? Making yeah, totally. something new, getting almost into a little bit of a new space. Even though you know it's a lifestyle brand, but do you, does 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 that play into what's potentially coming out down the line five years, ten years um, from now, and that you don't want to get into someone else's space that you have a really good relationship with, right? And that that's actually that's a fantastic question because. It, it has been interesting, um, and I think we have decent enough relationships with these um, companies that I don't know if it'll limit what we make, but we want to make sure that everybody, as far as like ambassadors go, are taken care of. So 
like when we came out with the Panga dry bags, um, you know, Patagonia, we work with pretty closely with, and they make very, you know, the same product. Um, Sims, Sims, same thing. And so we're trying, we try to be mindful of that when, um, like David Mangum is a Sims guy and, you know, granted he uses the Panga and stuff, but if, if there, um, you know, if there's an issue or Sims was like, Hey, you have to use our stuff. We're cool with that. Um, it's just, you know, we're, they came before us. Right. So it's yeah. like, we want to make sure that everybody's taken care of. Granted, if there's something that, you know, it's, it's up, it's user preference completely, you know? Um, and we're going to make it and granted we're, we're making these products for the general public. Yeah. We're making them for guides and anglers and, and the top people in the industry, but we're making them for the everyday person as well. And yeah. so if there's 10 people that there's crossover on that can't use our, you know, use our products because they're with another company that makes something That's similar. Enough. It's, it's that, yeah. totally understandable. So, we don't want to step on anybody's toes. Right. So. Right. Imagine it gets a pretty tricky. Yeah, um, totally. Totally. Especially be. with our new market. We never had a problem for the longest time until, you know, a year and a half ago because all we made was hard coolers, soft coolers and drinkware. And now we right. started making, okay, now we're making, dry bags and chairs and so and chairs I don't you know chair I think the hondo chair is not gonna nobody that we work with makes a chair so we're okay there but you know the yeah the dry bag there was a big question internally like what are these folks gonna be you know what are they gonna use what are our ambassadors gonna use um and that you know it's up to them so having sat in the hondo chair is it it's pretty comfy pretty comfy yeah it's it's yeah it's good is it it light um I think it's I want to say it's 13 pounds might be 15. Um, it's, it's light enough. It's not, so it's not designed to, we tried to label it as a base camp chair. Um, so it's supposed to stay put, stay put yeah. right. You're not supposed to, you're not, you don't want to be hiking up a mountain with it or something. Right. Um, right. but you know, we, we'll see it, you know, we'll see it at, in camp, you know, campsites and front porches and tailgates and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it, we have a, make a carrying case for it as well. So it's like, with backpack like strap it on. Yeah. yeah. And okay. granted, you, you know, yeah, it's, it's comfortable enough for, you know, short distances. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's been good. It's kind of, it's an interesting product, um, in our portfolio. Um, but it was something, you know, much like the Tundra cooler, it was something that's out there that, needed to be improved upon, um, you know, and it, it holds up to 500 pounds. Um, the panels on it are replaceable. So you never have to replace the whole chair. Yeah. You know, if you, the fibers on the, on the seat or on the panels are kind of individually woven. So if you cut it or something, it's you not can still rip. sit in, it's not going to continue to rip. Right? right. And you can replace it panel by panel. So you don't have to buy a whole new chair, which is nice. So kind of just thinking outside the box, you know, we improved the, you know, the standard cooler. So we're trying to improve dry bags and now chairs and, you know, who knows what's next. So. Well, if it can stand up to uh, a few seasons on the beach yeah. here in Texas. Then yeah, no doubt. I know that's, that's, a, that's, that's something where we have an innovation center that we, that we test all that in mm-hmm. and uh, performed well there. Um, hopefully, um, you know, it's hasn't been out that long. So I, I'd love to see what they look like in three or four years, yeah. you know, and they granted they have a five-year warranty. So, it's great. Oh so, yeah. 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 That's nice. Uh, all right, let's move on to fishing. I want to talk yeah, to you about fishing. For sure. What, you, what's your, 
What do you prefer? I mean, you if you had a choice to go out, say on your own, you're just going to mm-hmm. take a trip. Where's yeah. Where's Evan going? Man, it's so tough. I don't. It's. I grew up offshore. Um, I grew up in Fort Pierce, Florida. Uh, so we did a lot of a lot of bottom fishing, a lot of uh, a lot of sailfish, you know, kite stuff. Um, I I really love that, but. When I went to school, when I went to college, I uh, went to University of Central Florida um, in Orlando, and we were about mm, about an hour and twenty minutes from Mosquito Lagoon, which is arguably one of the best red fisheries in the world. So, I was in the fishing club there, and um, we had kayaks. Um, we, you know, we're a school organization, and we got a, a little, you know, small amount every year, and, and so we um, worked to deal with wilderness systems and got some some kayaks, and. Uh, any day I didn't have class, I was over there. And then, um, you know, and then later in college when, you know, when I worked a little bit more and, and could afford a, a little John boat, I got one and went over there a couple of days a week. And, and I think the problem is I, if I could go back there and do that, I'd, I'd do it. Um, I, that would be my number one pick. Um, yeah. the problem is the fisheries changed so much over the last, um, trying to think I graduated in 2010. Um, so eight years, um, eight, nine years has changed so much. Uh, the water quality has gotten worse and, you know, you have a lot of algae blooms and stuff. And so, I mean, you go out there and find schools of a hundred, hundred plus redfish. And, and if you're there on a Wednesday morning or something, you know, not a weekend, you could pull up to the edge of the school and just be quiet and cat, you know, cast into them and, and catch them left and right and pull out of the school and release them and go back and do it again. And, and yeah. that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, but at its prime, like that would be my hundred percent, yeah, top fishing. And then I think my close second would be, I've been very fortunate um, to be able to travel, travel to Central America a few times, and and the um, the yellowfin tuna bite is insane down there. And just you you get them foaming on the surface, and you know you can catch them on fly, you can catch them, you and know, on poppers. Until, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. And it's, that's so fun. So, and it, and the cool thing about that is it's neat. Um, you know, you know, you have a solid meal on the end of the line too. And, you yeah, know, and we, <laughs> I, you know, I practice ton of catch and release, but, um, you know, when you have a hundred pound yellowfin tuna on that's, that's generally, no, that's, generally coming home with you, dinner. you know, and it's pretty <laughs> exciting. Yeah. So it's fun. So you, you've seen things change in Florida because you know, water quality has changed. And that's uh, that's something that the state's going to have to spend bukus of, right. of, of bucks to get fixed, and it's going to be a long, long-term totally. fix for sure. Have you seen a trickle-down effect t- to you guys and, and what you're able to want to achieve as a company in areas like that that have been negatively impacted because of right. – stupid stuff that man man has done um that we've done you know what it's well um a lot of the water quality issues too is like the mosquito lagoon is is separate from kind of all the red tide and what's going on with the you know with the flow of of lake okeechobee and all that um specifically a lot of it just because it's a um there's not a lot of tidal tidal flow in mosquito lagoon so it's a lot of runoff from from yards and pesticides okay. and stuff like that um but more, more importantly, the big issue in Florida. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's given us a opportunity to step up. Right. Um, I think it's been, I don't, and never, 
in a million years would I want to see what's happened going on there, especially living there for the majority of my life. I've been out here in Austin two years. So I've lived there for, you know, 28 of them. And, um, it's been tough to see it go on, but I think it's, it's given us an opportunity to help out, um, and help out for a cause that we can all believe in. I think sure. that everybody in Florida, whether you're a commercial fisherman, a, a weekend angler, a per, you know, a guide or a professional fisherman or whatever, I think everybody can get behind the, um, that kind of movement to fix what's going on, um, by any means necessary kind of right. thing. It's like, um, this has been something that's kind of united all of us, um, which has been, which has been great. I wish it wasn't happening and I wish we could get united on another front other right. than trying to fix all the dead fish and water quality issues and all that. But, um, but it's been, you know, we've been trying to support organizations, um, you know, how we can and, and grow their awareness as well. Um, I think it's, I think it's something that every company should be involved in or experience at some point. I think you learn and grow and, and, um, and just, I don't know, it, it's near and dear. I think all, a lot of our hearts, like a lot of people here that, you know, are just from Texas, never, never even been to Florida, but then you have the community team and then Roy and Ryan who spent the majority of their, you know, time growing up there, going and visiting Florida and, and all that. And so I think, um, it's just sad. I mean, it's the sport fishing capital of the world down there, yeah. you know? So it's, yeah. and not, you know, that's, that's Alan Murata specifically, which is not being as affected by it, but you have, you know, central Florida down that is. Um, so it's, it's been tough to see it happen. Um, but I think we're finally getting some legs here and, and, you know, I think there's some right people at the helm that are making a difference or at least trying to. Right. So. And you guys have been, I mean, uh, I'm sure you are doing stuff on the ground, but maybe from a, uh, a larger perspective, you guys have been involved in supporting conservation groups and efforts. I mean, you've, you've been a partner with CCA. Well, we were saying like, like yeah. 10 years, Nine, 10 years, something like yeah. that. Um, so you guys are involved in, in working with conservation groups to try to, you know, promote and enhance our marine resources and protect them for future generations. Certainly. Yeah. It's unfortunate that it, you it takes something like this to kind of wake you up yeah and to say that's okay right. we can't keep abusing the system yeah We've exactly got to do something different well it's tough i mean and I'm, I'm sure you can attest to this too where you've seen a fishery decline you know since you were sure. younger or whatever you know and, and it's sad because it's in our lifetime and it's in a short span i mean you you have what's changed in the last 20 years granted some fisheries have have gotten better. And I think with conservation organizations, it can stay that way. Um, and maybe we're on the upswing. I think maybe a generation before us kind of, um, I wouldn't say took advantage of the resources, but there's so much, so much more, um, information and, uh, light shed on, on conservation initiatives, catch and release. Um, just studies. We have a lot more technology now that we can satellite tag fish and figure out what's going on. And, and all that. So I think maybe we're on the upswing of this and maybe we're, you know, cause I, I think for the longest time, I mean, in 20 years, I've seen it change dramatically, even, you know, fishing with my dad when I was little, yeah. you know? And so, but I think we've kind of maybe turned, turned a corner here. I hope, you know, 
I, I, I think we are turning the corner. I think we're more keenly aware of, of what's going yeah, on 100%. out there. And, and some of it's uh, as, as a result of things we've done. And some of it mm-hmm. is just uh, well, like Flounder in Texas. Flounder in Texas aren't doing that good. Um, we can't have a healthy flounder stock unless the water temperatures in the wintertime are really cold. Right. Well, we can't. There's we nothing can't, we could do to yeah. to warm to cool the ocean yeah, in, exactly. in December and January. We're uh, we're at the mercy of of Mother Nature mm-hmm. with that. I think cobia is people are seeing a, a change in the cobia fishery, and likely that's that's temperature related as well. Mm-hmm. I think they're seeing cobia further up the Atlantic seaboard. Right. And more of them. Well, than it's like historically yeah, they have. and it's all it's cyclical too, right? Like we're going to go through these periods in our lives where, at twenty years old, at thirty, at forty, at fifty, whatever that, um, like you said, Mother Nature is different than it was before, and we're going to see, and it, it's something we haven't experienced before because we haven't been on this planet long right. enough. You know, it's something that maybe if our grandfather was still around, they could tell us, oh, hey, we saw this exact thing happen, you know, fifty years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like they've caught a Dorado or like mahi in in Washington this year. I think yeah. or last year. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, what is what's that about? So yeah, it's just something that's changing. I know part of we're we're part to blame. Um, but I think, like you said, I think I mean, I think we're turning the corner. I think it's going to get better. And there's so much information out there. I think something that's played a critical role in it too, in awareness, is social media, um, because say in Palm Beach County or whatever in 1970 if an issue was going on there the people in Georgia didn't know about it. the people in the panhandle of Florida didn't know about it people probably in Jacksonville didn't know about yeah. it if it's in the lo- local newspaper and now i mean you have like Aaron Brockovich you know mm. who's extremely famous or whatever that's like complaining about the water issues in Florida online and she has an incredible reach, you know, so it, it yeah. travels a lot faster. Um, and I think it, it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing and a bad thing, but, um, mainly good because you can rally these people and right. get enough people behind it to actually make a difference. So. Yeah. Uh, if social media could only be used for, for good. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be, I, I wish yeah. we wouldn't use it. Uh, um, to, oh, to, yeah. to show off our boat full of uh, dink trout. And, uh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally agree. So, but at least we can tell the good from the bad. Yeah. So, yeah. It's uh, not easy to hide. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, do, do you get to get involved in any of the films that that comes out of, come out of Yeti production? Um, yeah. Um, most of the time, if there's fishing related right. in each, you know, each community respectively. Um, yeah. And so, um, I think they were, they were making 120 days, uh, the David Mangum film right before I started. So I wasn't, but, um, we, ha- you know, have creative input. Sometimes we get to go on the trips to film. Like when, uh, we had did the Carter Andrews film, um, work through the cuts and the storyline and all that. So, yeah. um, our content team, um, does most of it. Um, but we're, we're kind of the authenticity check and granted when we're, when we have a, um, you know, when we're doing a film on an ambassador, we don't have to necessarily worry about it too much. Cause obviously they're an ambassador for a reason and they know their shit. So it's like, yeah. we don't have to, don't worry. yeah, we don't have to worry about that. But if, but a lot of times too, um, yeah. So our content team is Taylor, Scott and, uh, Ben and they, uh, and Claire, and they do a great job with all, all, you know, 
everything from unbelievable photos, everything from photos to films to you know to the cuts on it and the trailers and and all that and the distribution so i've only seen a handful i haven't seen them all but i mean each one tells a pretty powerful story yeah they're and great it and it's to you. you know um yeah and each one's kind of designed to speak to somebody different um yeah. and the cool thing we're doing right now is the 10 years of tundra tour um around the country so We've been, we have 11 stops. And so, um, you know, we have, we picked a conservation partner at each stop um, mm-hmm. and all the proceeds. So we're selling tickets and each person gets a bottle, a Yeti bottle. So the tickets are 25 bucks, I believe. A ticket you, pays for the ticket pays for the bottle. bottle. So it's yeah. basically free admission. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and we're showing different films at each stop. Um, some of them cross over, but like in the Southeast, like when we go to Orlando or Atlanta, um, you know, we're going to show heavy uh heavy um fishing and hunting centric films um out west we did a lot more trout stuff and in ski snowboard um kind of like rock climbing yeah stuff, that kind of deal um but speaking of atlanta we're our proceeds are going to cca oh awesome um, yeah so that's good we're doing yeah. we're splitting it between cca and ducks unlimited yeah um so that'll be cool Great. Yeah. They're another great partner. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. They're actually here friends today. at the U. They're doing oh, yeah. a, yeah, the they're doing a lunch and learn here. Yeah. Oh, so cool. you want to stop by after <laughs> lunch and learn. So they give a present. It's to all staff. That yeah. So all up. staff, we do, we do these, uh, things called lunch and learns and, and whether it be an organization or an employee say, say, um, I think last week we had Kelly Deneen who heads up our one, you know, finance and, and how finance works here. Um, and it's just something for, you know, you can grab lunch and go, yeah. you know, take your lunch hour and learn something about the company or we'll have ambassadors come in. So this Friday we have the, uh, the professional bull riding tour is stopping here in Austin at Frank Irwin. So two of our rodeo ambassadors Sweet. are coming in to do it. We've had Kevin Van Dam do one here. Um, you know, and it's open to all employees. You grab a lunch and we used to provide lunch and then we got too big and then we can yeah, provide yeah. lunch for well, 500 say, people. Yeah. Right. 500 <laughs> employees. Yeah. yeah. So when it was like two, 300, it was, you know, we'd, we'd order a bunch, you know, a ton of pizzas and stuff and like provide lunch. But then we started doing them more frequently and we have so many employees. It's impossible, but we have our cafeteria here. So yeah. Yeah. Pat, have, has Pat Murray come? No, I actually, I asked him one time, I think last year, um, and something came up and, uh, we, he had to you know, get out of yeah. town early, but I'd love to have him come talk and All right, yeah. Pat. Like D yeah. You're, you hear that Pat? You're That's on, right. <laughs> you're on the hook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we have, yeah, ducks unlimited here. Cause we actually just launched a DU cooler today. Um, oh, cool. it's, called, it's a wetlands cooler. So it's, it's uh, like a chocolate Brown, um, bottom and a tan top with a ducks unlimited logo. Um, and then has like a camo Yeti logo on, oh, sweet. on the outside. So speaking of camo, yeah, the retro camo, yeah, it's that I like it. Yeah. We like it too. Yeah. Um, that was cool. That was fun to develop. You know, a lot of people said why, you know, why isn't it real tree or mossy oak or something? And, um, few things there is it's hard to, we had to make, we wanted to make it Duracoat, which is our coating process. Mm-hmm. Um, we couldn't do it in that too intricate. And then, you know, then you have the licensing fees and stuff. And it's funny cause we actually, when we launched it, real tree, commented on one of our Instagram posts and was like, yeah, we agree. It should be real tree. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so it's like the retro camo. It's funny on each, um, each of the ramblers as well. There's a, a Texas hidden in the camo pattern. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll show you after we get, but it's like in the bottom. Yeah. So you can, it's like, yeah, it's kind of like a skew. So you can't really, yeah. If you know, you know, but if not, right, 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 right. 
No, it's um, the, the the camo stuff changes so often too. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, you, that's you, right. You choose one and yeah. you pay license fee for yeah. it, which is probably a ridiculous amount. And then four years later, it's yeah, because you not have like relevant. Bottomland and yeah, you know, I'm trying to think the 3D Max <laughs> and like all this different stuff. So yeah, and so and the issue with that too right is if you pick one camo pattern people are gonna be like oh that's cool but you should have done you this one. Gone, yeah. yeah so we're like all right we're just gonna do like retro like orbis style camo no, and, you perfect. know make it a little bit you know a little perfect bit, i like it different I'll wait so. for it to come out on the coolers yeah <laughs> we did one a long time ago um i want to say five or six years ago maybe even more than that that we did that camo pattern on a cooler so pretty cool on the lid yeah so. yeah well, uh, jump back real quick to the uh, film tour. You the stop in Austin's on the November fourteenth. November fourteenth. Yep. Yeah. And the, um, what's that one going to feature? Do you know? Um, I think it's that's kind of a cumulative um, or like a culmination of all of our films. Um, there's not anything specific. Okay. I don't think. Okay. Um, I think we're trying to touch on everything because it's like our finale. Yeah. And end up here at home and so that so. I was trying to remember where it was. I think you were about to say it. But I yeah, I thought it was at the Paramount, but I think I'm wrong. Um, hang on. I, I got it right here. Um, yeah, I don't – I want to say it's at the Paramount, but I think I might be wrong. You can look it up on the website, too. Yeah, it's a yeti.com slash Tundra Tour. Oh, it's at ACL Live here. ACL Live yeah. in Austin. Yeah. In November Austin. 14th. Yeah. And then, um, oh, yeah, man. I think the we have one in Nashville and Atlanta um, at the end of this week. Um Chicago next week on the third, then Somerville, Massachusetts. Um, that one's cool because it's like you're outside of Boston, and we're gonna we're benefiting Stripers Forever on oh, that cool. one, and then have like you know some breweries and cheeky fly fishing, and just kind of some players in that community up there, which would be cool. And then uh, we do Arlington, Virginia, and benefits uh, TRCP, mm-hmm. and then to Austin. Sweet. Or actually, we go to Orlando on October eighteenth. Which is cool. We're partnering with uh, Cabinets for Clean Water there. Okay. To try and you know do you know do something. I think Flip Flip Palette should be there. Carter Andrews will be at that one. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah. So if anybody's listening from Orlando and want to come meet yeah. Flip, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. And then we end here in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do y'all do a thing here, like at the end of each year or at any time of the year, for the ambassadors, where you get everybody? Yeah. So for actually, one um, it's been hard now that we have. Uh, now that we have, so I think we have we have 118 um, mm-hmm. on our roster between all the communities, and um, and it's tough to get that many people together. But uh, two years ago, we did one in Kessler Canyon, Colorado, um, which was super fun, and and brought a handful. I think we brought two people from each community out there and spent the week with them, and just we brought in product people to talk about um, new products and get ideas going. We you know we we blue can or we blew coolers up with Tannerite. That was kind of fun. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> if I'm even allowed to say that on here, but we did it. So um, they had like a awesome gun range and uh, just spent the week out there kind of like bonding and they're awesome stock trout pond and just like, you oh, know, cool. hanging out, hanging out with each other. But um, last year we actually did one here in Austin. Um, it was the same weekend as this. The uh, PBR tour was in town. Mm-hmm. So it was great. Cause a lot of the rodeo guys were already here. Um, and, uh, and we brought, you know, ambassadors out from other communities and got to get them there. We did, had a 
quote unquote dirt party at the um, PBR tour. So they fence off an area and you're literally on the same level with all the bulls and everything, which is pretty oh, cool. Oh, neat. Yeah. Neat. And then um, actually this year, I'm glad you brought that up. It's pretty cool. We're doing uh, Ambassador Summit down in uh, Venice, Louisiana at Journey South Outfitters. Oh, um, and we have, uh, it's a redfish, um, doing redfish pro-am tournament. So each one of our fishing ambassadors, so we hired 17 guides and mm-hmm. we're going to have um, two people on, two anglers on each boat. Um, and the the professional will be one of our fishing ambassadors and the amateur will be one from another community. So we'll have like Tuffy Stone, who's one of our barbecue guys. And then um, Adam Perry Langs, a chef who will be there. Um, you know, we have some of my... Uh, and this is a fly only tournament, which is kind of cool. Oh, so wow. I'll have two, like Kevin Van Dan's coming, um, obviously a conventional guy. So mm-hmm. we're going to put a fly rod in his hand and see what happens. Um, and then we have, you know, we have, uh, Tatum Minode, who's one of our snowboarding or skiing ambassadors. Um, you know, and just kind of like that, that people trying to get everybody together and granted we can't invite everybody on this one either. Cause we don't be, obs- you know, I think we have every guide within a, 150 mile radius of there you know right. coming to this thing so <laughs> it's tough when we have 100 people but we're you know we're so that's 34 34 ambassadors at least that we get to get on get on boats and well, that's and we'll gotta have like be a, a fun time yeah man. i'm excited yeah it'll be fun and we're having traeger come in and cook for us um and they're uh you know and, and eric and mo at journey south run an incredible operation so it'll be a great time and you know we'll have flip pallet there and yeah. oliver white and you know, oh yeah everybody. so yeah yeah so we could crowd. That'd be cool yeah we're excited yeah so hopefully the weather cooperates for us we have like a two-day fish fishing window so we'll see what happens i don't know so guaranteed a shower oh 100 <laughs> yeah it's gonna be sh- it's gonna be shitty yeah. <laughs> of course you know we'll, we'll, work we'll power it. through yeah, it yeah, right yeah. it'll be fun yeah <laughs> It's impossible to have a bad time with that, that group. Oh people, man, so. yeah. I mean, even if regardless, even when we're just hanging out all day, you know, I'm sure we won't. It won't be that bad. Like, it, you know, it gets a little windy down there and a little cool. You know, we're going. I think October twenty twenty through twenty six or something. So, um, you know, that's just Louisiana weather that time. Yeah. You yeah. document that, or is that just kind? Yeah, of- actually, it's going to be cool. So we're uh, trying to. Um, we're definitely bringing some photographers. Um, I think we're trying to get uh, a big publication outside of the fishing space to cover it, like uh, ESPN or GQ or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of shed some light on, you know, the Yeti program that, you know, a lot of fishing and hunting and whatever, you know, other folks know kind of like what, what it's about, but try and reach a new audience. Um, Carter Andrews is filming an episode uh, for his uh, obsession show down there. So that'll all be on there as well. So it'd be pretty cool. Cool. See how, yeah. See how it turns cool. out. But man, is there anything you want to cover that you hadn't got, uh, have a chance to discuss yet? Man, I'm not sure. I think we've touched on a lot of different areas. Yeah, it's been all over the place. Yeah. It's good though. I'm glad like I, uh, you know, when you go, come into these things, you're never sure what it's going to be like or what, you know, and it's not, it's super structured, which is fun. Cause you get to just talk. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, any uh, any advice? I tell you what, you've got a unique job. Mm-hmm. You, it's a very uh, it's it's just a crazy world that you live in. I would imagine there's not a lot of um, folks that get to do what you do. There's any kids out there? Yeah, in college or uh, going to be in college, they want to get into the outdoor world mm-hmm. and, and make a 
make a living in, in this space. Is there any advice you'd, you'd give them? Man. Um, yeah, I would say don't be afraid to start, start out at the bottom rung. Like don't, it doesn't, the glamorous jobs aren't going to come immediately. Um, sometimes you have to, you, I mean, you have to put in a lot of, a lot of work and effort and build, I, th- I would say relationships are a hundred percent key in this industry. And the cool thing about the fishing industry is once you're in, I think you're in, I mean, that's been my perception on it. And anybody who, you know, I had a, a friend just recently, um, leave a, a big electronics company and now he's working for a rod company. Right. And it's, you it's relationships are important. Don't ever burn a bridge and don't, don't be afraid to, you know, I, I can't think of a better term, but don't be afraid to quote unquote, be the janitor for a little bit. Um, put in the hard work and you'll, you'll work your way up. I mean, my first job out of college wasn't glamorous and, um, you know, then my next one was better and my next one was better and now I'm here and it's, um, you know, it's a blessing certainly. Um, but relationships are key. Don't burn bridges, put in hard work. You know, you're not going to be the VP of marketing for Shimano or Yeti coolers or Sims or something, you know, right out of school, Right. you know, even if you might be the most qualified person in the room, it's just not going to happen. So, um, grind it out. Um, put in the time and effort and build those relationships and, and always be kind to people. I think that, um, that goes a long way. And, uh, you know, when you're kind to people, I think they'll always keep you in the back of their mind for future openings and stuff. And, and a lot of it is, like I said, with this is just, it's who, you know, and, um, just kind of the, always make sure you have good experiences with people and, and, um, you know, they'll, they'll treat you right. That's so. excellent advice. Well, thanks. <laughs> That's, I mean, you, you never know the impact that that you have and the impression that you leave on people, but yeah, I, I think, think the simple fact that you just be respectful 100%. towards someone else and, and nice and, yeah. and smile and, and, and thank them. And, um, just leave that great impression. Totally. It, it stays. With yeah. Them there's such a you. sense of entitlement nowadays. And, and, and if you act the opposite of that, I think you're, if, if you're, if you ever have a question, are you acting entitled? Just do the opposite of what you think that is. And, and I think that's the right answer, yeah. you know? Um, because it's, I mean, granted people fall into certain things and get lucky and all that. And then, then there's a lot of hard work on the other side of it too. I think it's a little bit of combination of both, but, um, if you always put your best foot forward, then you never have to question, um, why something's not happening for you. Like, Oh, well, why didn't I get that job? Um, well, I don't know, maybe, but if you always like give the best version of yourself to other people, then, then you never have to have that in your mind if that's a that's one of the factors, right? Right, or right. Why something didn't come together for you? So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Solid advice. Yeah. From well, Mr. Thanks. Evan Russell. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. It's worked for me. Oh, yeah. I think it will uh, for a lot of people. I think it's just yeah, just be a good person. That's you know that's what it comes down to. Just I've told this before to some some kids. Uh, it, giving a presentation I was in when I was in college I was uh, working uh, for a guy and cleaning he he owned some uh, apartments 
apartment complex. And we had to go in after the renters left, and and I was the guy to clean up the apartment. So I'm scrubbing the toilet and cleaning out the fridge Mm -hmm. and doing that not-so-glamorous work. And that left an impression upon him, and he said, Shane, you know, if you're willing to do this at any point in time in your life, mm-hmm. you never go hungry, and you always be able to take care of you, yourself and your family. Yeah. And that, I don't know why, but that stuck with me, and and people notice just the little things. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, be courteous, be nice, work hard. Yeah. Things will happen for you. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, yeah. And my dad always said, too, he's like, yeah, don't, don't ever be, and I know it's so cliche to say my dad said, but it's true. It, it's like, there you're not, you're not too good for any job. Right. And there's people that if you're, if you're sweeping floors, um, you know, at a mechanic shop or something like that, there's people who would kill to be in that position who can actually, you know, even if it's minimum wage, there's people who don't have jobs or or can't work because of disabled or something, you know, so always be thankful for what you have. Um, no matter how high up you get or how don't, can't you know you you always have to be thankful for what you have recognize the path that got you there and never look down on somebody treat everybody the same right like i treat you the same as i do my boss as i do you know the people who are serving lunch here you know it doesn't you know they're all humans right so you just gotta recognize that and you know man if we could take that attitude and apply it to anglers on the water oh, I tell and you being what. kind to one another <laughs> yeah, on no the water shit, right yeah that would be something <laughs> that would be great then it would be like no no you go ahead <laughs> you, you take that school right <laughs> you know and then, so I, I yeah i don't know if it'd work out so great there but <laughs> well you know maybe this is the first step maybe, yeah maybe we can uh yeah. we can be the example um yeah well evan i appreciate it man. yeah of course shane it's thanks been for fun. having me man it's no thanks good. for having me here this appreciate has been you awesome driving down here so. no problem no problem. Anyway, right. any way to avoid Houston traffic. Yeah, no, uh, I know. Yeah, uh, you're you're gonna bounce here soon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got <laughs> yeah. a little Chuck E. Cheese birthday yeah. party to get That's to. Cool. So. That's cool. Um, so. All right, man. Awesome. Be Thanks good. Again. Thank you. you too.